Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, world. Welcome once again to Juicy Talk with Key West Lou. I am your host, Louis Patron. Another crazy week. Uh, the news is replete with Donald Trump. There seems to be nothing else in this world but Donald Trump. I will try to avoid Donald Trump this evening, give us a change of pace. Uh, I won't be that successful, but I'll still have four or five items concerning him. But I have some other things that are going on in this world that are interesting also and we all should know about. I'm going to talk tonight about, I'm going to have three sex stories. Uh, Only one will be a good thing. I'm going to talk about the G20 conference in Osaka, Japan. Pavarotti, Luciano Pavarotti. Talk about the border and uh, how people are being treated in these detention centers. I'm going to talk about homeless in American cities. Homeless in American cities. And Florida considering raising its minimum wage to $15 an hour. And the furor this is causing. Uh, China's new radar system. Uh, I'm going to talk about citizens, uh, senior citizens, and how we fall. I'm, I, I'm a, I fall, I know. Uh, I'm going to be 84 Saturday. I fall. I've been falling for several years now. It comes with old age. And, and more, and more. Okay, so let's get going. We will start now with human sex trafficking. Sounds ominous, doesn't it? Human sex trafficking. Not a nice thing, agreed, but it's not what you think it is. When I, when I hear the words human sex trafficking, I, I, I see women being still young girls, girls, you know, teens, teenage girls, being, and younger children, and more mature women, women being stolen off the streets of our cities here. And 24 hours later, they're, they're in some kind of a, an apartment in France, or they're in some uh, big shot, some leading Saudi Arabian figure in Saudi Arabia. Uh, who knows where they're going to be? They have been stolen. No one's ever going to recover them the rest of their lives. They are committed to a life of prostitution. But that's not how it works, my friends. Isn't that amazing? Here's the story. Uh, this past week, uh, it was announced that Florida, our lovely state, our very lovely state, Florida is ranked number three in human sex trafficking. Would you believe it were that high? We have that much human sex trafficking in the state of Florida. And again, I would have thought it was those situations I mentioned a few seconds ago, France, Saudi Arabia, and so forth. But it's not. That's the interesting thing. Studies have shown that when you have, now I'm talking about younger girls, 17 and under, Uh, they only go about 20 miles away. (laughs) They run away from home, and you can find them 20 miles up the road. But nobody ever finds Most are not found. And they 20 miles up the road to another community, and they start living uh, a different life. They they get themselves a a boyfriend who, in effect, is their pimp. Uh, And they're in business, and they're happy. But it's 20 miles up the road. These are girls running away. Also, Florida has very few, very, very few women, girls, who have come over the Mexican border, as Donald Trump tells us. that We have prostitution coming into this country. They're not from the Mexican border in our state. They are our own girls, ladies and gentlemen, our own women. 
born and bred here mostly, who decide when they're younger they want to run away from home. That's it. Now, if you throw the United States out of the picture, because uh, what I described about Florida is true across the country, the overseas, overseas human sex trafficking is a $150 billion global criminal endeavor, $150 billion business. It surpasses the illegal sale of firearms, and it's expected soon to outpass uh, revenue from illegal drug sales. Would you believe this? Bigger than the drug trade. Okay, uh, what's the problem here in Florida now? We're not dealing with this effectively. That's why we're number three also. Uh, You've got to know what you're doing when you arrest young ladies, especially those who are 17. They're from about two years old to 17 years old. Uh, As a practical matter, six or seven years old and up, but they're as young as two. What happens is this. The police have to understand there's a special preparation or training you should have to do this type of work, as, as are the sociotherapists, as are the nurses and doctors in the hospital, as are the judges who hear these cases. They have to understand because what happens is they don't know how to handle these cases. They're not treated effectively as they should, and justice is not served, Okay. Let me give you, in the state of Florida, South Florida, let me give you three cities where we have, and you would expect to have human sex trafficking, Miami, Fort Lauderdale, and Palm Beach. Miami, Miami, believe it or not, is geared up for these type cases. Several years ago, they made the decision. They made the investment. They trained their police personnel, the nurses, the doctors, the judges, everybody, everybody involved as to how these cases should be handled, et cetera, for success, and to get rid of this horrible problem that was plaguing us. Fort Lauderdale and Palm Beach have not. They haven't put the time or the expense in, and so it's flagrant up there, and those involved in human sex trafficking are getting away with murder. Now, I was able to ascertain, to discover, that we have human sex trafficking in the Keys. So I think. What, I've been here 30 years in Key West. Quite frankly, we, we have some sex for sale down here, but it's not, it's not big-time deal or grandiose. In my 30 years here, I've met one streetwalker, uh, and she was leaving town the next day because she couldn't find any business. Uh, I, I was surprised in doing my research for this particular issue that at the present time, Key West has 30 Asian massage parlors, I don't know where the hell they are. I went driving around. I, when I drive around, I didn't go out specifically for this. I looked now for signs, and I found three Asian massage parlors. I couldn't believe they were there. I've been passing these sites for years, but there's a little sign with an arrow going in. I don't think it's as flagrant in Key West. Uh, it is not flagrant. Could be in Key Largo because it's closer to a bigger city. Uh, if that 20-mile routine was correct, we could say that our girls are running away to Almorada, which is more than 20 miles. But who would go to Almorada to sell sex? I don't think you can make enough money. That's all I'm trying to say. But that's the story there. Now, I want to talk about another sad sex story. 
It takes place in Reggio, R-E-G-G-I-O, Emilia, E-M-I-L-I-A. Reggio or Reggio Emilia is a city of 10,000 in the middle of Italy. Last week, 18 persons were arrested, including the mayor, social workers, and psychologists. Now, what were they doing? This is gross, what I'm going to share with you now. It makes human human sex trafficking uh, look good in comparison. They, They created a scheme where they would take small children, I'm talking about three, four, five, six, seven years old, okay, and they would brainwash them. They had, you know, they had doctors, they had social workers, they had psychologists, they had the court working with them, they had the mayor, uh, and this was a hundred thousand, hundred hundreds of thousands of dollars a year. This just started this past year, and the way they would brainwash the kids, they would brainwash the kids via physiotherapy and electric shock into thinking that their parents had sexually abused them into thinking that they had been sexually abused by their parents. And these kids would go and testify in court. Mommy or daddy did this to me. They had their memories. Their memories had been altered. And they believed that their parents had sexually abused them. Turned out it's a phony. Uh, But here's where the money comes in. The Children are now determined to have been molested. They can't stay with their parents. Their parents are going to jail for a long time. So now they're put in foster homes. Foster homes in Italy are different than foster homes here. They're sort of temporary here. You get paid for keeping the kids. Over there, it's like adoption in Italy. So they were adopted by people who wanted a baby or a child. And it was successful for those people. But they weren't the real parents. And when it was discovered, and this whole thing has come down very badly, everyone's upset, uh, everybody's going to go to jail, from the mayor to the lawyers to the social workers, the psychologists involved, uh, because that's the way it should work. And now these kids have to go through all kinds of physiotherapy. Uh, to, they went through it to become products of you've been sexually molested. Now they've got to get out of it. The same way, except I don't think they'll use electric shocks now. It was a model welfare system designed uh, to abuse children mentally and illegally and to take them away from their real, honest parents. Bad situation. Now I'm going to talk about one more uh, sex thing here. And this isn't a bad thing. Probably a good thing. Uh, I can't say because I'm not a woman. But on June 21st, the FDA in the United States, the FDA announced that it had approved a female, a new female Viagra. A new female Viagra. Now, the, the purpose of this new female Viagra is to boost the sex drive of a woman, boost her desire boost her capability as a result thereof. Now, how is this whole thing done? Understand first, of course, that three years ago, the FDA approved the female Viagra pill, pill, pill. And that pill had to be taken every day, whether the woman was having sex or not. It's like a birth control pill. You've got to take it every day. 
the, and the people, women were upset about this. I got to remember, take this pill every day, it's a pain. So the FDA went to work with some drug companies, and they came up with this new female Viagra that both of them are going to sell. And the new one requires a shot. If the woman wishes to have sex, or she knows she's going to have sex, 45 minutes before she has sex, she injects her thigh or abdomen with whatever's in the in the uh, syringe or whatever she's using. The needle's not a deep one. It's only really a pinprick, and that's the way they do it. And the women who don't like shooting or taking the pill every day cannot shoot themselves when they want to have or they know they're going to have sex. Whether it's going to apply economically, don't know yet. But the women are on their way. Okay, the demilitarized, demilitarized zone. Boy, double talking tonight. In uh, Korea, big show this past week. Donald Trump, Kim Jong-un, they met. I mean, Trump was in Japan at the G20 meeting, and he tweeted his friend, Kim Jong-un. Remember, they love each other. They write love letters to each other. And said, hey, why don't you meet me at the demilitarized zone, and I'll cross. You'll cross into the south, and I'll cross into the north, and it'll be something big. No U.S. president has ever, ever crossed into North Korea. So Kim Jong-un thought it was a good idea. This guy's getting so much free publicity because he gives up nothing and we give up everything, it seems, when we deal with the guy, uh, even though we have him uh, sanctioned. Uh, Anyhow, make a long story short, they met, and what I just indicated occurred. I think it was a wrong step on the part of the president. Uh, I think he he has taken this man, Kim Jong-un, is the most diabolical, the worst, the sickest dictator in the world. No one, except perhaps Kim Jong-un, would disagree with me. He is absolutely the worst. And yet Trump sucks up to him, wants to be his friend. Uh, I don't understand this. I really don't understand this. Trump wants to be friends with all the bad guys, besides Kim Jong-un, President Xi of China. I mean, his hands aren't clean. And then what about the Saudi Arabians that he keeps sucking up to all the time? He just likes to be friends with the worst. And Putin, Putin, Vladimir Putin, he wants to be friends with the worst guy in the world, worst people in the world. And that does not make sense to me. Uh, if his mind was straight and correct in American thinking, you want to make friends with the people who are on your side. Don't insult them. Don't leave them. Don't break treaties with them. And then pursue, sit with, smile at, shake hands with, invite everyone to the White House, and they come. Uh, because it's an insult to us because he never gets anything done. Uh, so that's the story there. I'll tell you something else. There is a family in this country called Warm Buyer. Warm Buyer. You will recall, as I mentioned it here, their son Otto Warm Buyer. He was 22 years old. He was a United States student. He was traveling in North Korea. He was arrested uh, about several months ago, not even so, about three months ago. Uh, North Korea released him. He returned to the United States comatose. He was in a coma. He never woke up. His parents had him for six days and six days comatose, and he died six days after he returned to the United States. Now, that's a terrible thing. 
And what does Trump do? He sucks up to the president of the country. Nothing happens in North Korea unless Kim Jong-un knows and approves it. Okay? And it's no different than with the Saudi Arabians. I feel sorry for this Wrongbrier family. Uh, and also in Saudi Arabia, the, the American, uh, the, the fellow who worked for the Washington Post or the New York Times reporter, they chopped up his body. They chopped up his body and took him out of a building in suitcases. What does Trump do? He still sucks up to the Saudis. He says, hey, the Saudi Arabians, they buy all these airplanes from us. Do you know how much these airplanes cost? Do you know the number of jobs that are created because they buy airplanes for us? He doesn't care. Trump doesn't care about the right or wrong, the humanity of things. I want to talk about Ivanka. I'm upset with Ivanka. I'm upset with her father. I'm always upset with her father. He was a big mistake, my friends. Ivanka was at the G20 meeting. Millennia did not go. Jared went. Ivanka was out in front. I mean, I, I recall a couple of situations, and none of what I'm going to share with you now should have occurred. She is the daughter of the president. She's not even the wife. And she really has nothing to do with our government, even though Trump calls her a non-paid special advisor in the White House. They showed on the Internet for a couple of days a video of Ivanka coming up to three women who purportedly were heads of countries. I don't remember which ones, and I don't remember their names. And she wanted to join in the conversation. And as she tried to cut into the conversation, one of the women, who was the president of some country, gave her a dirty look. She didn't belong there with that. What this 35-year-old, I don't care how smart her father thinks she is, I don't care how smart she is, is going to talk with women 60, 70 years old who really are carrying heavy responsibility in their jobs. The other thing I disliked about all this, and this is Trump's fault again, and I can't believe anyone would approve it. They took a picture of all the president's prime ministers there, the group picture. And, of course, the president of the United States would always be in the first row in the middle because we're supposed to be the most powerful country in the world. Uh, and I question that these days. Anyhow, uh, who was standing next to Donald Trump? Ivanka. No one else had their wife. No one else had a daughter. No one else had a son. But Trump takes her and puts her right there in the front row next to him for the group photo. Took balls on his part. He probably didn't realize it took testicles, breast testicles, that he was doing wrong, that everybody had, whose picture was being taken probably thought, that stupid ass, why is he doing that? It's an insult to everybody else. Let me tell you what happened on Fox News today with Donald Trump. This is wild. Uh, just stay with me. It's going to be short. Donald said, our dear president, that we have a homeless problem in this country. Don't we know it? And it's only been going on for two years. That's what I want you to hear and recognize. It's only been going on for two years. It started two years ago. This is the man who knows everything about this country and its people, our country, our people. We've only had homelessness for the last two years, and he wants to see that something is done about it. And he's been thinking about getting everybody together, and let's resolve the problem when it's two, only two years old. The man knows not that of which he speaks. Want to go to the border, the southwest border. Well, the press has been getting in the last few days, and now some people from Congress went in yesterday. Uh, I can't believe 
how we, the United States, the people of the United States, we are the people. We elect people. We appoint people, our, our elected officials do, how they are treating these people, these migrants. And forget the migrants themselves, the migrant children, how are they being treated? Well, what did these Congress people see in the press? And it's the first time they got a real good look, and they thought all this was pure, absolute garbage. They drink water from the toilet. They drink toilet water. They don't have water. And then the toilets run dry, and I don't know what they do after that to drink water. In a cage space for 125, 400 are kept, okay? Now, they're cool. The people who jail them are cool. These are the private corporations and ICE. What they did was uh, you have to give them, the Congress people and the press have to give 48 hours notice that they, now under the rules that they want, they're going to make a visit, 48 hours notice. Well, the 400 people in that caged space that I mentioned a minute ago were only 25, not even 125 when Congress showed up. 25, all right? They cleaned things up, you see, and probably put them back in after they left. Uh, what about no toothbrushes, no blankets? They sleep on a concrete floor. It's cold. And no diapers for babies. And worst of all, worst of all, no mother or father to hold them when they cry, when they need that, need that kind of solace and assistance. Uh, now, it's got to stop. The congressional people have been in. they got to move their asses. No one moves their asses to clean up things like this. The inspector general has gone down there to investigate these uh, detention camps, for want of a better term. The every department has an inspector general. They're straight. They don't go one way or the other. They investigate everything, and they come out with what's generally the correct decision. They, they don't favor anyone. Well, they were in there yesterday, okay? And they've seen it. They haven't issued a report yet. So it doesn't make sense why this thing can't stop. They're doing something. The Trump administration is doing something immoral, illegal, improper, and they're getting away with it on the southern border with the adult migrants and the, or the, and the children migrants, and this is not the way it's supposed to be in this country. We are the United States of America. I had a pleasant evening. Uh, let's see, what night was it? I had a pleasant evening. Sunday night, I think I had a pleasant evening, or maybe Saturday night. There's a new documentary out called Pavarotti. It's the life story of Luciano Pavarotti, the great opera tenor. Uh, it's a documentary, but it shows like a movie. It was directed and put together by Ron Howard, and he does a good job on these things. And I caught it at the Tropic Cinema. It's an hour and 45 minutes. Excellent. Excellent. If you enjoyed the three tenors, remember 20 years ago, Parabadi and uh, uh, Domingo, and I forget, Sorrera or something, they got together, they did this big concert, I think it was in Italy, the first one, and their singing was outstanding. You, you had a, It just moved you. And everything, every time Parabadi uh, opens his mouth, Parabadi in the movie, or in the documentary, you hear this great singing, him alone, him with other people, and you learn about his fantastic life. And nothing is held back. None of us are without warts. None of us are without blemishes. 
uh, he had girlfriends, hurt his first wife because he was with other ladies. He was married at least twice, maybe three times. I couldn't follow that too well. Uh, he was moving around swiftly. Uh, when he was probably around 55, 60, he fell in love with a very young girl. They married. Uh, they had twins. One died, however. And he was a father again. He was very happy with this. Uh, just a great movie. You will enjoy the music. You will enjoy the story. It's a no-holds-barred thing. When it's over, you're going to walk out of the theater feeling good. Uh, that's all I can tell you. It, you will feel good. And it also provides food for thought as to how maybe we should lead our lives. Okay, that's that. Now, my blog. Those of you who read my blog that I publish every morning, I wish everyone would read my blog. If you like the show, read my blog. I say in writing, I write. I write what I articulate in the evening, okay, in this show. Uh, but you get it every day. It takes you three minutes to read my blog. It isn't that long. Uh, I titled my blog this morning, Cheap Bastards. You've heard me, Cheap Bastards. And why? Because the, uh, the state of Florida is going to pursue a constitutional amendment to raise the minimum wage to $15 an hour presently for non-tipping, not, persons not tipped, $8.46 an hour. Uh, the Florida Restaurant and Lodging Association is against it. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce is looking at it and probably will be against it. And things are tough down here. I can only speak for Key West. Burma, a lot of, peop- a lot of people, retail workers, minimum wage people, had to leave town because they didn't work for three months. Those who are still here have jobs. Yeah, but they have jobs, but they don't have enough money to live. You're paying rent, 2500 to 3500 a month. For an apartment, a two-bedroom apartment, four people share it, two people to, an, to a room, a bedroom, okay? Food is expensive. Food is at least, oh, I can't tell you, there's a higher percentage for food here uh, than there is. Gasoline's at least 75 cents more a gallon. Everything is on the high side. And the employers don't want their employees to get a raise, get this raise. And I don't understand this. The employers get rich because their employees work hard for them, work good for them, and were it not for the employers, they would employees rather, they would not make that kind of money. So I call them cheap bastards. And they are cheap bastards. I don't normally use that language, but they're cheap, cheap bastards. There was a note too, there was a letter in Pete's spot today, uh, from a fellow who moved down here several months ago and he said, I'm I came here several months ago, got a job, but I don't make enough money, and I'm hungry. I haven't eaten in two days. I can't go to a place where they give me free food because it's during my working hours. I can't make it here. I have to leave. Terrible. I haven't eaten in two days. All right. That's the story for tonight. Uh, I got a hell of a lot more, but I can't get to it because of time. I'm down to about two minutes. Uh, I'm glad you joined me, and I want to stress again, please, read my blog in the morning. It's www.keywestlou.com. L-O-U, my name's Louis. Keywestlou.com. It's up at noon every day. It's archived. You can go back 15 years and read it if you'd like by going to my keywestlou.com site, uh, and you will enjoy it. You will enjoy it tremendously. Uh, Let's see what else I got here. Oh. 
Well, I still got time, so I'm going to give you one more thing. One more story. China. China uh, unveiled this week a new radar system that's able to detect the United States' new stealth jets. Now, recall, when we were going to invade Venezuela a couple of months ago, we sent 3,500 troops to the Colombian border. We sent uh, uh, some stealth jets down there, and we're getting ready to go in for humanitarian reasons. Trump was full of shit, excuse my language again. They've had humanitarian problems on there for years. Uh, Russia, when they saw what we did, they immediately landed their planes in, in Venezuela, put boots on the ground in Venezuela. China was backing them up, and they said we didn't invade because we don't, we don't know why. It didn't. I think it made it look like maybe because Russia was going to go in and everything. Nothing humanitarian involved. All three countries, all three nations want the oil because Venezuela has the largest oil reserves in the world. Well, to make a long story short, we did not have that invasion from Colombia to Venezuela a couple of months ago because it was determined at that time that our stealth jets, stealth means you can't see them when they're flying. There's nothing that can see them. The human eye or machinery that there now is a radar system, a radar system that could detect them, and so 85% of them would be shot down immediately. These are our new stealth jets that no one can see. And I said at the time, I wrote about this in my morning blog, I said China had to do this, because China's inventing everything new militarily. And so it was. It was announced today. China unveiled a new radar system that is death to our stealth jets. Okay, we did it again. This is the second time I'm saying tonight this is the end of the show. Thank you for joining me. I look forward to being with you again next week.